Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, here we are another week, and we are now into September. And before we begin today, I just would like to mention once again that unlearning anxiety and depression, the distribution problems are now solved. It is available on Amazon. It is the four-step self-coaching program to reclaim your life. So pick up a copy, and you'd better do that quickly because there will be a quiz next week. No excuses. Today, I thought we'd talk about time. Specifically, we're going to be talking about how you can stop time. Hmm. But before we get into that, let me start out by first introducing some concepts that will, will kind of facilitate your capacity for not only slowing down time, but for stepping out of time. Sounds kind of weird, huh? So let me begin with a question. What if the sun never set? What if we lived in a world where no one had a watch and there were no clocks on the wall? How would you judge time? Would there be time? I mean, I'm talking about let's let's pretend that watches don't exist, clocks don't exist, they never have, and there are no calendars. Just just imagine, go with this a second. Just imagine that we live in a world where we don't calculate time. Now, you'd have to expand this fantasy, of course, because if the sun never set, we'd have continuous either darkness or lightness. Uh, there would be no seasons. Let's just say everything was static. Does that mean there would be no time? And what the heck? <laughs> this blows my mind. That's why I wanted to talk about this today. What the heck is time? Uh, you know, we, we talk about time as if it is a thing. And let's challenge that a bit today. Mitch Albom wrote, I love this, this little passage. He said, try to imagine life without timekeeping. You probably can't. You know the month, the year, the day of the week. There's a clock on your wall or the dashboard of your car. You have a schedule, a calendar, a time for dinner or a time for a movie. Yet all around you, timekeeping is ignored. Now, what does he mean by this? Well, he goes on to say, Birds are not late. A dog does not check its watch. Deer do not fret over passing birthdays. Man alone chimes the hour. And because of this, man alone suffers a paralyzing fear that no other creature endures. A fear of time running out. Whoa, right? 
we a fear of time running out. I still get a, a kick out of a dog checking its watch. And it's true. Animals could care less, could give a hoot about the passage of time. At least we think they don't care. Or maybe they would have little watches on their paws. Only us are we concerned with this thing, this thing called time. But what about you? Uh, are you running out of time? What about the chores that you have to get done today, tonight, tomorrow? Is there enough time? I don't have time. I have to get everything done. What about age? I'm getting older. I'm running out of time. What about the rat race? Every day you wake up and you, you get on that treadmill and, and there's just not enough time for the things you'd like to be doing and you've got to, all that stuff, time-consuming stuff. Again, what is time? And is time a friend or is it a foe? I mean, certainly if you're, if you're fear of getting older and you're running out of time and you have too many, it can be a foe. It can be an enemy. Now, I guess I would say that I belong to a rationalist point of view. And my point of view is essentially that time is really just a measure of change. Now, I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm saying is that time doesn't exist. What does exist is change. No change, no time. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, this has to do with uh, a concept called entropy. And now I'm going to put on my nerd hat for a moment. So bear with me. This, this won't be long. Just kind of hang in there. So according to the second law of thermodynamics, entropy always increases over time. Now, what is entropy? Well, think of a puzzle. You know, one of those jigsaw puzzles and you have, let's say it's all put together in a box. And you throw the box up in the air and all the pieces scatter. Now, it's very unlikely that there would be a puzzle recreated by the falling pieces. So we start with order, the puzzle together. We throw it up in the air. It comes flying down into a state of chaos or disorder. And that's entropy. We go from order to disorder. And the universe naturally slides towards disorder. I mean, take the Big Bang. According to cosmologists, the Big Bang began with what was called a singularity, this infinitely small thing that erupted, that banged into the Big Bang. And what was originally this ordered, compressed, compressed to the size of a grapefruit, the whole universe, as it exploded and expanded, it went from order to a disordered state. And the, and the universe is still expanding and still becoming more and more disordered. So in the long run, nothing escapes this second law of thermodynamics. The pull of entropy, of things changing, becoming more disordered, is endless. It's relentless. Now, another way of saying this is that, and I know this is its not so, so pleasant, but everything decays, everything, in time. 
So this is part of the natural tendency of things to lose order. Now, if we look at things changing or decaying, let's say I look at my body and I could judge it by time and put that in quotes and say I am X amount of years old. Or I could look at it as the decay with, within my body as I age. You know, that cells can only replicate so many times. And as we all advance in age, eventually our cells become more and more. And we'll use that word softly as they more or less decay. <laughs> so everything decays. Disorder always increases over time. So before you get depressed, please don't get depressed. I'm, not, I, I, I'm getting, I'm depressing myself just talking about it. But before you get depressed, there is good news. You see, you can fight back against the pull of entropy. Now, entropy is a universal, I guess we'd call it a law. It's a fact. But you could fight back. And there's one way you could fight back. You could take that puzzle with all those pieces that are now strewn on the floor. And no matter how many times you throw it up in the air, there's an infinite number of possibilities that it would never you know, come back together. But what you can do is you can solve the scattered puzzle. You see, you can put it back together. If, you're, if your garden has entropied, and and all the weeds have taken over and it went from this nice green lush orderly lawn and now it's being strewn with the chaos of weeds well you can go out and pull those weeds you can re-establish the order what about your room any teenagers that are listening if your room is in a state of entropy it's messy. It's chaotic, as any parent might say. But you can expend a bit of energy and clean up a messy room. So if we do nothing, entropy, the state of moving from order to disorder, will always take place on its own. So the only way to make things orderly again is to add energy. Order requires effort. And this is the good news. This is why you don't need to be depressed. Yeah, we live in a world of entropy and everything's moving towards chaos and decay. And even as, as the Native Americans used to say, even the mountains, I don't know if they used to say it or not, but <laughs> even the mountains aren't, for, aren't forever. Everything eventually decays. This, this world will eventually decay. Our sun will eventually become a red giant and engulf us in flames and all that kind of terrible stuff. But that's billions of years away. So this isn't a podcast designed to get you depressed. This, there is plenty of this thing called time. But in time, everything is moving towards this chaotic state, which we can mitigate. We can insist on order through effort. See, that's the antidote to the second law of thermodynamics. Let me just say it a little differently. Because the universe naturally slides toward disorder, you see, you have to expend energy to create stability, structure. But even most importantly, 
simplicity in your life. And we're going to get into simplicity in just a moment. So we, we, we bring energy into our lives. Relationships require care and attention, energy. We invest energy. Houses require cleaning and maintenance, energy. Now, if you subtract the effort that you bring to bear, if you subtract that effort and that energy, things will decay. Things will move toward entropy. So if your life is, and I hate to say it this way, but if your life is decaying, you've got to ask yourself, uh, am I expending enough energy to clean up the mess which is my life, to create more order and orderliness in my life? You see, because you can't have it both ways. You can't sit back and just on your laurels and, and just expect things to fall into place. That would be like the puzzle pieces just landing together and recreating that picture. It's not the way it is. If your life feels like a fragmented puzzle piece, or fragmented puzzle, I should say, you can't just sit back and say, okay, form a picture. You must arduously start fitting those pieces together and create order out of disorder. So what I'm suggesting is that we have to exert that effort, that energy into our lives in order to create order that's resilient enough to withstand that unrelenting pull of entropy. So entropy isn't necessarily the enemy. It just is. It's just the way things are. It's the way the universe is. But we have the advantage of kind of slowing that down and organizing our life in such a way that it doesn't have to feel chaotic, messy, out of control. Yuvan Chouinard, the billionaire founder of Patagonia, you know Patagonia, all that outdoor clothing that's so wonderful, he said, the hardest thing in the world is to simplify your life because everything is pulling you to be more and more complex. Hmm. More and more complex. You know, when I, when, I, when I think of things becoming more complex, and I guess entropy complexes things, I think of the child and the child's world of simplicity. So when all the puzzle pieces are thrown into the air and things become so complex, we want to bring things back to a simpler way, a more ordered fashion. But if I'm, if I'm losing you along the way here, let me try to talk about entropy in our daily life. And first, let me say that optimal lives, your life, my life, if it is to be optimal, it's to be designed not discovered. Again, you can't sit and look at the puzzle pieces. You have to manipulate them. You have to invest energy. You have to make them fit. So you have a design, an intention to make that picture. And that's an optimal life. You see, the optimal life is to work with the pull of entropy, to mitigate it, 
and to, in a sense, sidestep it in a way that we can live with a semblance of order in lieu of the pull toward chaos. I mean, it's nobody's fault that life has problems. You know, that's probability. You know, just things go awry. Puzzle pieces get thrown in the air. Rooms get messy. So there are many disordered states and less ordered states. Even though the odds are against us, what's remarkable, it's not that life has problems. What is truly remarkable is that you and me, we all have the ability to solve those problems. That's what's remarkable. And this thing we're talking about today, time. Well, certainly time is malleable. You know, we have clocks that give us, in a Newtonian sense, the absolute time. But that's not the same as our internal or cognitive clocks. If you've ever sat in a boring lecture and you know that you have to sit for 55 minutes and you're bored to death and you're struggling and you say, oh, I just have to get through this, I have to get through this. And you're trying not to look at your watch because you just want it to. And then you look at your watch and you, and you feel like maybe a half hour has gone by. You say, oh, no, only five minutes have gone by. And then tick, tock. And then, okay, it's got to be close to the bell ringing and getting out of this boring lecture. And you look at your watch again. And now only a half hour has passed. You've got 25 more minutes. Time just seems to drag. And that's why I say time is malleable. I mean, Einstein told us that time is relative. Depends on the observer. So time itself, subjective time, is really up to us and our emotions. So why does this happen? Well, boredom for, is a good example. Uh, being sick, having your root canal done. Uh, time has a different perspective when you're struggling. You know, it's why you, you go to a, an airport or a doctor's office and they play this really pleasant music because they're trying to distract you from actual time. And deflecting that makes you feel that time passes a little bit more smoothly. It distracts your awareness so that long periods of time become easier. So now, now I'm going to really take you on a, on a, on a journey which... <laughs> This, this is something, and, and I know my wife keeps saying I'm such a nerd, but think about it for one second with me. Don't, don't, don't run away from this. The present, when we talk about the present, the now, see, that's what I, I, I've, I've wrestled with this for so long. You know, mathematically, we define the now as a single point in time. And, and this point, it, it's an abstraction. It's a point, and I say the reason I say it's a point because it has no, no duration. So if the now is a pristine moment without duration, then it has no time. It is timeless. So what exactly is the present? Now, here's where, uh, this, this is just me. You, you think about it and see where you come down on this. But when I, when I define the present, 
I kind of think I'm actually defining the past. Okay, right now I'm sitting here doing a podcast, right? And I'm talking to you about ABC. So you might say, well, that's your presence. And I might say to you, well, the fact that I had to reflect on what I'm doing and telling you, you know, that that's now that what was the now is now my past. I don't know if you could follow that, but but in other words, the moment has already gone. That pristine, timeless moment has now gone, and I'm describing it to you in retrospect. So now I'm in in another moment. But the old moment, that timeless point in time is gone and now it's another point in time and as soon as our mind tries to interpret that we've left that moment now if i were able to live within that presence that moment i wouldn't know what i'm going to be saying it would just you know <laughs> this is where my mind gets boggled because i wouldn't know what's going to come out of my mouth i'd be in that moment i'd be in a timeless moment and this is this is where I wanted to wind up this this podcast today because I I'm very very intrigued with the notion of presence, of the now, and time. And I do believe that you know we the past and the future. We we usually say past, present, future, and we could define the past by what has transpired, and the future by what we expect. But the now, how do we define that for ourselves? You know, in a working way, how can we use that? Well, maybe, maybe you can't ever get totally to that timeless moment, but we'll get to that in, 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 in another moment. Just hang in there. I know I'm killing you here. But the closer we get to that pristine point, that point of presence, the more we experience timelessness. Okay, that's my thesis today. The more we get to that point and not be looking back at that point, the more we're in that point of timelessness, the more we experience timelessness. Meditation. Meditation tends to bring us to that point. Blissful moments of love, intimacy. We're in that timeless moment, rapture, ecstasy, passion. These are all parts of our lives where we step out of time. And maybe that's a better way of putting it. We step out of clock time. We step out of actual time. And the passage of time is, is really not even interpreted because we are in a timeless state. We are not cognizant of time when we are in this state and the closer you get to that pristine moment of no duration of time whether it be through meditation or intimate experiences different rapture experiences that's the timeless state where time does not exist not psychologically sure the clocks are ticking away but that's you're not part of that clock world Okay, I I like to look at the night sky. And if you follow this podcast, you know I'm a, a nut with astrophotography. And when I look up at the night sky, am I aware of time? No, I'm in 
this ecstatic passionate state of i mean this is the, the night sky does that to me in a good way <laughs> but uh so when i'm looking at the night sky am i aware of time and the answer is no only when i look down at my watch and notice that one hour has passed then i'm aware of time so where was i when i was looking up at the sky now, sometimes, you know, I might be looking at the sky and, you know, star hopping and figuring out what stars and, but that's not being totally present. It's, it's approaching being present, but the more I just become part of that absorbed view, that vision, that experience, the closer I get to that timeless, the closer I get to stepping out of time. Now, what about children? Are they closer to that point? I think so. I think children live in a much more focused, timeless manner. It's like I remember playing hide-and-seek when I was a kid. And my mother would yell, time for bed, come on inside. And, you know, my reaction, you got to be kidding. <laughs> it just started. You know, I was in a timeless ecstatic state playing hide and seek time passed so quickly the relativity of time the closer we get to being totally present now can we ever be totally present maybe i don't think i've ever been there i've meditated i've lost myself over to certain things so i guess i could say that i have experienced timelessness and i've come close to that moment, that pristine moment of presence. But the child seems to own that ability. And if we go back to entropy, of course, from the simple to the complex, from the order to the chaos, our lives have become more complex over time. Whereas the child's world is more simple. Now, maybe that's why when you look back, and life seemed to be a summer seem to go on indefinitely, never an ending to it. Then we grow up and we start filling our lives and our heads with all these complexities, all those scattered puzzle pieces. And we lose some of that simplicity of being present. But as I've said today, you don't have to succumb to the negativity of that evolution you can recapture the simplicity, the order of life, the presence of life by investing energy, by taking a complex life and making some choices, reducing the complexity of things, adding some timeless activities to your life. And that's the key. The key is to recognize that timelessness for us adults, being present, being in the now, it requires an investiture of energy. Now, if you don't do that, of course, you're going to get caught up in the rat race. You're going to get caught up in the treadmill of all the complex things that you have to handle and the bills and the people and the phone calls. So you have to invest energy to pull yourself away from all of that, to find your moments of focus to find your moment of timelessness. So what does it all mean today? 
and, and I hope hope my wife doesn't listen to this and tell me it was too nerdy. I know I, I mentioned the second law of thermodynamics, but you know what? These are interesting concepts. Entropy is an interesting concept. It has psychological benefit for us to understand that you know we we are in a sense fighting entropy. I mean, how, look at look at all the the commercials on TV, you know, trying to stop aging and stay in shape and, you know, just reclaim and blah, 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 blah. You know, we're, we're trying to stop time. We're trying to stop entropy. We treat it as the enemy when, in fact, it's not the enemy. It's not friend. It's not foe. It just is. It is the way of the universe. Our job is how do we exist within the confines of a universe that is entropic. So maybe we can't stop our internal perception of time passing. Maybe, maybe we can't totally stop that. But every once in a while, we can step out of time, and then what happens? And then we taste the infinite timelessness of abandon. And to abandon yourself in that pristine moment get close to it, and you'll see what I'm talking about. You'll see that, in a sense, it's not without time, but yet it is without time. And those are the moments that make everything else seem so tolerable and so doable. And it's like a, it's like a, a kind of mini vacation that we take from life's complexity and that entropic pull towards dissolution, order, finding order and investing energy to maintain an orderly, productive, positive, and successful life. It's up to us. It's up to us to not just sit back and look at those scattered puzzle pieces and, and bemoan the fact that, oh no, my puzzle's now destroyed. It's up to you. If you want to put that puzzle together, then let's get at it. And that's about it. I I love this concept of time. I'd love to hear from you what you think. I can be reached either at my website, the contact at my website, selfcoaching.net, or my email, selfcoachinghelp, all one word, at aol.com. I do wish you well. So again, visit that website and you'll, other than contacting me, there's so much more there that I, I, I like to post and things for you to take a look at. And until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, well, it's not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless. And you're not powerless. Remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So join me every week. And what do you say we make it simple together? Reach out for your dreams Don't surrender, there is more than it seems Hold on and fight, follow your heart